Welcome back to the Mountain People podcast with me, your host, Andy Cave. Here's a taste of what's coming up. You have to find the perfect balance. It's really about the feeling of, with the snow, the steep thing. Tried the Dolagiri as first expedition, and after I went to um, Shishapangma. I skied also in uh, Kyrgyzstan and uh, noon in India. There are always some risks, you know that before, but we always take, try to take the good decisions. Some people can't remember not being able to ski. Mountain guide Boris Langenstein is one of those. His passion is skiing bold lines on big mountains, including the very highest Himalayan summits. There are few individuals capable of climbing these peaks, let alone able to ski them. This is a small elite club, no question. I wanted to ask Boris about the challenge of skiing at 8,000 metres with a big pack and little chance of rescue. This is true exploration, where partnership and acceptance of risk are essential. How do you make good decisions when tired at such altitudes? What happens when one person is not strong enough to continue? And what is so special about travelling in Pakistan? This is a unique view into a very extreme world. Boris, fantastic to meet you virtually. Yeah, thank you. Where are you right now? Uh, now I'm uh, in Tignes, in France, in the Alps. Uh, okay, is that your uh, home? Uh, yeah, it's my home for now. But uh, I built a new house uh, just in the small village in Montvalzon now. So I will move in the next few few months. I don't know yet. Yeah, sounds very exciting. And I, I, I got yeah. the impression there was a, a, a very small skier in the background. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How old? Uh, one year. She's only one year old. Okay. So is, uh, is that a boy or a girl? It's a, it's a girl. It's the small Laila. Ah, Excellent. Ah, I like it. Fantastic. Has she, she, she hasn't been on skis yet, has she? Not, not yet. No, no. Even, no, no, oh, okay. no. Brilliant. Oh, I, I hope for the next winter. We will see. Yeah, fantastic. And how, any signs of winter at the moment in the mountains? Any snow? Or? Uh, we had some snow yesterday, a little bit, but only at, uh, at above uh, 3,000 meters, maybe. Right. Okay. It was it was super warm uh, fall. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming down to the Hot Marianne in um, for Christmas New Year. So hopefully there will be some snow when I arrive. Yeah, I hope too. Huh? We need yeah. to have some snow for for the winter. It's better. Sure. No problem if we if we we, we uh, if she's if she's joining in. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, she will move. Okay. She will move with the mother. <laughs> yeah. So, Boris, were you, you know, like, um, were you kind of born on skis? Were you one of those people you started skiing so young that you can't yeah. remember not skiing? No. I always, in my head, I always uh, ski, maybe. I started with my father when I was uh, two years old. Yeah. And I never, I never stopped. And were you, were you, was your family home in the Alps as well? With your father? No. Uh, I come from uh, Lyon. Okay. But I moved for the high school in the in the Alps. Okay. When I yeah. was uh, fourteen years old. Okay, perfect. And uh, I mean, steep skiing, or what? 
when you were young, did you immediately get into steep skiing, more adventurous skiing, or was it a slope? Uh, I like all the kind of uh, ski, but I um, I start steep skiing when I was uh, pretty young. I think when I was fourteen. Yeah, and... I start. I I learned to ski in uh, La Grave. Do you know La Grave? I do know La Grave. Yeah. Yes. So, I always like. Uh, off-piste and uh, couloir and something like that. Yeah, well, there might be people listening who have not skied at Le Grave, but for those listening, I mean, Le Grave is basically one lift close to the Meige, La Meige, and there's no real pistes. I mean, there's two routes down with small signs on the trees, but it's really kind of backcountry skiing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's... It's... Really like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a fantastic place. Yes, with a beautiful landscape with a La Meige and a nice glacier and beautiful run from uh, 2,500 and to to 1,200. So you have a lot of uh, vertical meters. Yeah, and some technical... more than yeah more than 2,000. Yeah, it's really nice. And very quickly. Let's talk about the technique of steep skiing because, I mean, I think when you're talking about steep skiing, it's like proper steep skiing because sometimes when you're in the resort, people or clients, they talk about steep skiing thinking they mean like a black run or something. But steep skiing for someone like you or people that are into steep skiing, what's the definition really? Uh, it's hard to, to give a good definition because... It really depends on the snow condition because you can have uh, something at 30 or 35 degrees, but if it's only ice, it's already really hard to ski. So that the thing, the condition are very important in the steep skiing because you can go in the, in the couloir in, a, in 50 degrees. If you have a good grip and good powder, it's quite easy. So, but when the, the snow is hard, Oh, it's ice. It's a little bit uh, more difficult, and you have to be very super focused on your when you turn. Good point. Yeah. So really, <laughs> whatever you're doing, you have to be tuned into the conditions. This is a huge thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I like powder, but I really like also the hard snow and the ice. Because you have to be super focused when you ski. Yeah. And it's a really nice uh, challenge. Yeah, well said. When yeah. I, I was just going to say, when I was a, an aspirant guide, I, I spent quite a bit of time skiing with Remy Lecluse yeah. from Chamonix. And he always, sadly, no longer with us. But Remy said that even in steep skiing, he tried not to lift his skis up too much. He no, yeah. Which in America, when I see American skiers, they... They got they, they they seem to enjoy a lot of jumping and jumping off cliffs. Ah, yeah, it's a different it's, thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's you have to be. Ah, it's it depends also of the condition because if it's a powder, you have to jump a little bit more. But if it's really hard and it's it's more high, you have to be very um, soft in your turn, and um, you have to find the perfect balance with the not to be in forward, not to be in backward, not too much in backward. And the perfect pressure when we go when you finish your turn and you push on the snow, so it's it's really about 
all it's it's really about the feeling of with the snow the yeah and deep skiing yeah well I, I want to i want to really talk about your big adventures in the himalayas that's that's really exciting but i think the to watch people who who are good at steep skiing technical like yourself it's, it's super technical isn't it and you're trying to make no mistakes because obviously yeah one, of one, one mistake is you don't have a rope on yeah no you can't and you have to be yes that's the thing you have to be very smooth with your ski and if you are too aggressive or too soft it's not good and you have to to do the perfect turn if if the, because you can't fall and you must because of that you must it must start with the mind as well feeling good having a good clear mind at the beginning of the descent of course yes you have to be uh, really confident on you on your skills yeah and why uh, no why or when did you decide to start skiing some of these big mountains for example in pakistan where you've been how many times have you been to pakistan uh, fifth time fifth time yeah, yeah. what inspired Five, you yeah. What, what inspired you um uh, i start the expedition uh, uh maybe 12 years ago in uh, dolagiri from okay. nepal yeah with uh with Greg gregory costa and he died in the manaslu with a remedy club yeah. in the same okay. year. yeah and it was my first uh, experience but i i always uh, dreamed about the altitude i think i like the altitude and i like the big mountains so Dalagiri is one of the uh, eight thousand meter peaks, one of the fourteen big peaks. And where? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, where did you ski, and how was it? Where? Sorry, I don't... on Dalagiri. Ah, we tried the Dalagiri, but unfortunately, it was a super dangerous uh, condition. When we arrived after two days, uh, four people died. It's a big avalanche from country until the. Uh, Camp one, okay. our base camp. Yeah. So at the end, we didn't climb on the Dolagiri. We stay on the. We climb another peak just be uh, behind. Okay. We went at six thousand eight hundred or something like that. And then you did you sounds like a very uh, yeah very tough experience. Did you? Why did you start going to Pakistan? Was it the snow conditions or the time of year or? Uh, because I think of Pakistan from it's the most beautiful mountain in the world. The steepest the, and the most aesthetic. It's, uh, it's super aesthetic. It's, uh, yeah, it's really aesthetic mountains. The shape of the mountain are beautiful and it's, uh, I don't know how do you say, it's uh, unlimited. You have, uh, when you're on top of the one mountain and you watch in a 360 degrees, you have a mountain everywhere, and the and the mountain are really nice, with a really nice shape and almost like and, uh, Chamonix, but on a huge scale. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the yeah. It's crazy. And are you have you learned to love Pakistan? I mean, the people. It's a wild place, isn't it? I mean, even just traveling. I, I don't know, like the Karakoram Highway and everything about yeah. this place. And I really like the the people in Pakistan. In the mountain, it's really nice people. And that's also the thing. 
for me. It's really nice to, now we have some uh, kind of friends and it's really nice to spend some time every year and with was, them. Great. And, and I was just thinking, was Layla or the Hushe Valley, was that your first time in Pakistan? Yeah, it was the first time in Pakistan. Yeah, Because, I mean, describe Layla Peak to people listening. I mean, it's... If you imagine the perfect mountain, it's this one. It's not a big mountain. It's only a 6,000 peak. Yeah. 6,000 meters of peaks or 6,100, I don't remember. But it's super sharp and steep. And would you, and would you climb up the same way that you're going to ski on that peak? Not exactly. Uh, because we, we had a, a base camp uh, not really at the bottom of the face. Okay. So we climbed just behind the base camp. We we went by the we we went to a pass. We traversed in the south face. We go back in the north face. Okay. And we finished by the same line. Okay. The same line we skied. And do you have like um, a similar crew, a similar team that you have of skiers most of these trips? You're like a tight group. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. I, First, I start uh, the steep skiing with um, with Antona, but unfortunately he died super quickly. And we start together when we were 14, 15, 15 years old. But he, he passed away quickly, so I changed my climbing partner, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, really hard for me. Yeah. And uh, after I climbed a lot with my uh, ex-girlfriend, Carole Chambaret, we yeah. went together to the Lila Peak and yeah. Tiffen Duperrier. Okay. And now I climb only with uh, Tiffen. Not only, but most yeah. of the time. And for the bigger expedition, it's always, always with uh, Tiffen. Yeah. Um... And it's really important for me to have a, a, big, a, a very good friend. We are yeah. super close with Tiffen. We spend a lot of time to together yeah and it's really important to have the same vision of vision of the mountains to have the same vision of the risk in the mountains yeah. and if we accept the same risk and it's a really important part of the of the team yeah well said and i was thinking that you know maybe i'm just thinking of my own mountaineering expeditions when people ask me what do you think is a good team i always think one thing is that if for some reason you're not happy with the conditions or the weather, it's okay to put your hand up and say, hey, you know, like, I'm not sure yeah. about this. You don't need too much ego. No, that, that the things, that's, that's why it's really hard to find a good partner because you have to accept the same risk. If some, someone wants to take more or less, it's, it's sometimes it's difficult to have the, a good talk. Yeah, and um, if uh, some sometimes you say yes, we have to go now. I think it's the good time, and the other one say no, it's too risky, or it's always difficult. So if you have uh, the same, uh, yeah, same level of risk and balance and skills and everything, tight, tight team. Yeah, and Layla Peak. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just thinking of skiing altitude, even at that height, six thousand meters. It must be difficult if you're, even if you're acclimatized. I mean, to turn the skis, or 
I think at 6,000, it's not too hard. Okay. Uh, for 6,000 pips, we, I don't know if it's a mistake, but we don't need a, to have a big acclimatization. We, we went in uh, Nepal uh, last month, and uh, after four days, we skied at 6,400, and we were, we were okay. And we, I guess you're living in the Alps as well, so you... Oh, yes, and, yeah. But, of course, it's a little bit uh, harder if you compare in the Alps. Of course. But it's not, it's, it's not too hard. It's hard if you want to ski really fast, uh, yeah. like, I don't know, Jeremy Heights or... If you want to ski like uh, in a, uh, in free ride with yeah. a big ski and uh, it's harder yeah. for sure. But if you do, if you ski with a small with light equipment and uh, not too fast, and you you I don't know, you ski ten, fifteen turns and you stop, it's it's okay. Are you? Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm I don't know, but I'm trying to think of the sort of skis you're using. I mean, underfoot, uh, what like uh, ninety six or. 88. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so quite thin and under the foot. So is that for control if you get into some... It's, it's not super light ski, but it's okay for... But it's not, it's not too heavy also. Yeah. For us, it's the good compromise. Okay. It's, and you, yeah. and you, you're on a, I would think, a, a very light pin binding. Not super light. We use the... The marker alpinist, it's not the okay, yeah, it's not the race, uh, like a race binding, but it is, but it's it's not it's not heavy, but it's not light, light, okay. But is it a pin binding front and back? Y yes, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And the boots, I was thinking, you know, we'll get on to some later, like Nanga Parbat, but I don't know if you're changing your boots because you, you, you want a light boot, but presumably you, you want a warm boot as well. Yeah, for the for for the for the warm, we use a, a sure boot in a neoprene. Ah, okay, over. Yeah, yeah. And we we put some uh, extra insulation between the the ski boots and the sure boots. So it's not like a high altitude uh, alpinism boots, but yeah. it's not bad. Okay, and people listening, I mean, just while we're going on here, if you if you if you want to go online and you can see pictures of uh, Boris and and the team skiing, they're beautiful photographs, absolutely amazing. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I, it, it must be such a great feeling um, being able to descend from like the roof of the world down down to base camp <laughs> when, on a good day. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 And maybe Gashabrum, let's move on to that. Another, so when you get to Layla Peak, I guess you look out and you can see bigger mountains. So then you're inspired, I presume, to, to... so yeah. But before the Layla, I tried the Dolagiri as first expedition, okay. and after I went to um Shishapangma, okay. I skied also in uh Kyrgyzstan, in uh Peak Samoni, okay. and uh, Noon in India. Okay, so, so a lot of trips. So Shishapangma, did you ski? I, I've guided that I, myself, we, the normal route. Yeah, but we stopped at 7,003. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, a big avalanche or so, and one people died, and we helped the Sherpa to bring back the body. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So if we can move, to... if we move on to Gashabram, because suddenly Gashabram and uh, you're, you're up there uh, close to K2 um, at the end of the Baltoro Glacier. So that approach to base camp is, is a lot bigger. So presumably you need more, more money for the porters and it's a bigger type of expedition. Yeah, for the mo yeah, and the the single so Pakistan is cheaper than Nepal huh, if you compare. Yeah, the yeah it's a it's a big bigger it's it's a big expedition not big because we were only four and we climb without uh, porters Sherpa. Sure. We just need to have the logistic until the base camp. Yeah, but after it's the same. Uh, we climb in alpine style and and so you it. you were on Gashabram two and also Gashabram one, which is sometimes called Hidden Peak. Yeah. So tell us about how how much skiing did you manage to do on these big eight thousand meter peaks? So the the plan it was to ski uh, the French route. It's not the normal route because the problem of the eight thousand peak if you climb the the normal route there are a lot of people so. Yeah, and fixed ropes and stuff. Yeah, and fixed ropes, and so it's not really the kind of alpinism we want to do. Of so course. we decide to 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 go to the the French route. I think the it the, it was climbed only couple of time. I don't know, maybe only once. Yeah, uh, in the seventy in the seventy five by yeah. a French team. And it's super aesthetic route. It's on the big um, ridge. The bottom is really steep. And after you follow the ridge until the last part of the 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 normal route. Okay. You go back in the normal route for the last uh, 300 meters. Okay. So, and it's uh, really, really nice. And it's not under the, the Seracs. And it's quite safe for the avalanche also. Okay. So that's why we decided to to go there. And did you find good snow? Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I can say that. Okay. Um, it it was skiable. Yeah. The the the, the, the first part, the top of the of the Gashavum was really nice and also it's super aesthetic because it's a really narrow ridge on the top. For I don't know, forty meters, you are really on the on the top of the ridge, and it's only maybe yeah one meter or less, and wow. you can slide slide there with all the view with the Karakara, with the China, and the, you have the K two, Broad Peak, G one. It's really really nice. There can't really be uh, many people in the world who've who've skied with a view like that. No. <laughs> Is it is it just how many people in the world? I mean, France, outside of France, around the world, are doing this kind of thing? It must be a very small group, like you, basically. Or <laughs> yeah, I, we are not a lot. But no. the pioneer start. I don't know to start on the eight thousand forty years ago, like Sodom. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we are not the first, but we are not a lot. Yeah, and after to stay on the G two. The the steep part of the G two it's uh when you go in the when you go back in the on the ridge on the spur it's super steep really steep I think uh, fifty fifty five degrees wow 
and it's uh, super exposed and the snow was super hard uh, from almost the, the ice <laughs> so i the, i yeah. Yeah. No, i was just yeah, going to say was that was that the wind creating that hard yeah, snow yeah exactly yeah okay and i really like the, this kind of condition but it's really hard because you have a heavy backpack you are a little bit tired from your ascent only a, only a little bit tired <laughs> a little bit yeah okay. <laughs> and it's it's really nice because you have to be 100% focused you can do any mistake and the feeling of that it's crazy amazing well listen I've, amazing yeah and and i know you also ski spantec yeah which i'm a good friend of mick fowler's and of course he 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 climbed he, he, yeah golden the, the, with victor yeah and, and i know you did other things there with the hidden peak but i, I do want to move on to nangapaba because when i think about the vertical height that you're skiing you know from the summit to the base camp for anybody skiing i mean you're always going to get different snow conditions um yeah you're never going to get the same snow obviously anybody knows that even in, in a small resort in the alps but for you guys you're going from such uh you know such a vertical height so nangapaba another 8000 meter peak in pakistan I mean, I've seen it from the aeroplane a few times flying up there, but I mean, from base camp to the summit, it, it's a long way, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long way. How from many the meters? Base camp, yeah, how many meters? It's uh, from the base camp to the top, it's uh, almost uh, 4,000 meters. I mean, that's like hard to get your head around 12,000 feet from, yeah. and. It's slightly separate to the other mountains, isn't it, Nangaparvat? It's like yeah. a, a little bit on its own. And I think the people around there are a little bit more conservative. It's, it's Exactly, yeah. yeah. You have to be a bit more careful, maybe, with security or... No, because they had a, a big uh, accident uh, 10 years ago in 2012. But uh, some people were killed in the base camp, but... Yeah, uh, we. I don't know exactly the circumstances. Some militia or something. Yeah. Yeah, but now when you go to the base camp, you are you 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 go with a policeman. Wow. And I don't know. It's hard to say something, but we were, I think, quite safe at the base camp. Okay. And the 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 local people are not the problem of the. Of yeah, they are mountain the people. Yeah, yeah. 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 So tell me about this uh, this climb and ski. I've seen some photos. I mean, it's a huge. You you were on the Diamir face. We start on the Diamir face yeah. for um, just to have a check because when we arrived, we our plan it was to ski the um, the ah I forgot the name of the route. The, um, Is it Kinsofa? I can't remember. No, on the right of the Kinsofa, it's okay. there. Right. Uh, anyway, yes. don't worry. Uh, it's, it's super nice line, super direct, and it was. I think it was in condition when we arrived, but uh, we had a big storm and uh, with a strong wind and all the the snow move and it was only high. Okay. Not so good. we dis no, not good, not skiable. So we we decide to 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 finish 
to finish our acclimatization on the Jama face. We went at 7,500, it's a beautiful place. But the problem from the Jama face to reach the, the top of the Nanga Parbat, you have to do a long traverse. If you want to ski, you, you can't stay on the ridge. So you okay. have to go down a little bit and go back on the normal road. So it's not really nice. And it's super hard because from the top, you have to, if you want to ski the same line, you have to go up after the climb. And it was maybe too hard for us. So you so changed routes, yeah. We changed route and, and we decided to stay in the Kinshofer route. Okay. So the Kinshofer, it's a, it's a big, the, the Kinshofer wall, it's a big cliff of 100 meters maybe. It's steep and it's vertical. You have to climb. But we use the, all the fixed ropes. Yeah. And after it's easier, but it was super high sea. Okay. From uh, COM2 to COM3, it was really high sea. And after COM3 to COM4, no, COM3 to COM4, it's not super hard. You have a long flat. And with, with the, the first uh, try, we arrived at the com uh, we arrived at the com four in a yeah. three days. We start from the base camp. We did base camp to come two in one day, come two, come three, come three, come four, come four, and we try to go to the um, the summit. But we start uh, I think too late and uh, we arrived at uh, eight thousand. Eight thousand 20 meters, something like that. But it was already uh, 5 p.m. or 5.30, I don't remember. So we decide to go back. We go back, we go back to Comfort. We spend one, one day rest. We spend a second night in uh, 7003 and we try again. And I reach the top. Yeah. And how, Unfortunately, yeah. I reach the top alone, not with my... Uh, with Stefan, my partner. Okay. So it was a hard decision to leave to left here. Yeah. But but yeah. And then I did it. <laughs> yeah, yes, <yeah>, amazing effort. <laughs> and then you 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 uh, skied the, the the descent together once you rejoined her. Yeah. yeah. I, I, on the top, the top of the Nanga that was not uh, skiable. I don't climb for uh, in vertical meters. It's thirty meters. I think I start to ski at uh, eight thousand eighty eight hundred eight uh, eight thousand eighty meters. Sure. So it's thirty or forty uh, and meters below the the top. What is it like to ski at that altitude and to try and make the physical skiing, but also trying to make good decisions as well? Yeah, it's all, I don't know if you take the good decision because your your brain is a little bit uh, slow. Huh? We spend four nights in a high altitude and the life it's, uh, I don't know, easier or lighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, probably, so, yeah. Probably sometimes it's not perfect. Sure. And you, of course, for people listening, just to be clear, this is, you know, one of the, 8,000 meter peaks, one of the biggest peaks in the world. You're not using oxygen, bottled oxygen. No, 
and you're no not port. and you're you know porters uh and, and sort of radios and camps this is kind of like proper alpine style we would say yeah but on the on the nanga parvat we use the fixed rope for 60 or 70 meters okay we'll let you off so just, this, a, just this just this one it's not a pure alpine style yeah you have this really right but you know even on um Don't de Gion, there's some fixed ropes, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. So it's, yeah, or well, the Matterhorn, you know, but uh, yeah, we'll not talk about that. So for you, I mean, you've done these amazing things, you, you and your uh, friends, your team. It's the classic journalist question, isn't it? What's next? Or more than that, for you, what is the perfect kind of mm. uh, peak or ski? Was Nanga Parbat the perfect Nanga Parfait, it's, it's nice, it's big, it's massive, but the ski line, it's not the most beautiful uh, ski line you can do in the world, I think. Sure. So is, uh, there, is there, for you, it would be like Leila, but bigger or something? No, I don't know. I have, I have the line in my head, but I never seen yet. Ah, you've got to find it. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would like to find something quite high. Uh, above seven thousand, not not eight thousand either. If it's on eight thousand, it's good. But and is there a season? Not necessary. Is there a, a, like a? I guess it depends whether you're in Pakistan or Tibet or India, yeah. where the best time to try and the best chance of getting the good snow. Is it springtime? It depends. For Pakistan, the the best time it's from. It it depends of the altitude, but the best time in Pakistan it's from. Uh, I will say uh, April to July. Yeah. If you want to go high in a 7,000 or 8,000, it's better to start from June to July. But if you want to go on the lower peak, I think you can find a, a good condition in April, May. I went in Pakistan in uh, last April and we had a really good condition. We skied yeah. on a 5,000 peak and it was super nice. For Nepal, it's a little bit different for the i never i never been to nepal in a, in a, for the spring season i always uh, went for the after monsoon in september october because okay. for the for the big mountains it's better i think for the snow condition just after the monsoon yeah you have you have less ice And it's probably more skiable, but also it's more dangerous. So I don't know what is the the, the perfect or the, the good the good time for Nepal. Yeah, and also, I don't know yet. Yeah, you don't know yet. But also, <laughs> I, I, I would imagine at that time of year the snowpack is is bigger, it's deeper in theory. But if you go too late in the autumn, um, obviously you have the jet stream winds as well. So yeah, you, that the thing you have too much wind in a altitude. It's very committing, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously at home, when you're in uh, teen or whatever, you can uh, adjust conditions, but, or, you know, maybe some days you don't need to ski unless you're working. Do you, presumably yeah. you work on skis as well, do you? Is your uh, job? I'm a I'm mountain guide and yeah. I walk a lot. Yeah. But I was thinking that with the Himalayas, it's very committing because you have to organize everything and you don't know what the conditions are going to be like. You kind of have to choose, uh, book a flight and... yeah. Yeah, exactly. You never know what to, which condition you will have. That also 
that was so um, the nice thing. It's the adventure. That's why we like to go in yeah. Himalaya. Absolutely. I mean, I, my, I was in Tierra del Fuego a few years ago for climbing, but really it was more like skiing weather. But my partner, he's not a skier. And so I was, <laughs> I was walking through lots of really beautiful powder snow and uh, <laughs> kind of annoyed, like, where are my skis? Um, but there are people probably um, listening to this thinking, wow, yeah, it's, it's pretty extreme and, 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 and like, why do you do it? But I, we don't need to talk about that. But presumably when you get back to France, when you get back home, you must really enjoy just the simple things in life. <laughs> yeah, but you always dream about the next expedition also. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you, you can find, a, you have always, a, just in your playground, you can find always a nice adventure also. It just depends on your imagination and you can do all you want. That the thing in mountains, in mountains, all it's free, and you can, you have no limits, so you can always find some good adventures. And are there, for you, are there still lots of new lines left in the Alps to ski? Uh, yes, they have. I, I'm not really focused now on the on the new new line in the Alps, but uh, I have always some ID in my uh, in my area, so and it's okay. You know, other like your clients or other people uh, who are maybe not at your high level of skiing, but they want to go somewhere. Eight thousand meter peaks is not uh, maybe possible for them because it, it takes a lot of time. Where 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 are your top sort of two or three places for a big adventure? Because today clients are, it's amazing. They, they're really uh, willing to travel all over the place. Yeah, yeah, they? yeah. I, uh, last spring I guide in, um, in uh, Pakistan. You know, okay. We spent uh, two, a little bit more than two weeks. Yeah. And we had a super good time in, uh, in the Hunza. It's really easy to organize. And uh, you can go everywhere. So... Fantastic. You, you don't need to go at uh, 8,000 meters to have a nice time in the mountains. And you can also have a good time in the Alps or in the Balkan or everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, brilliant. Well, we'll definitely put a link um, with this podcast so people can uh, get in touch and, and look at photographs as well. And, I mean, is it does it change anything being a father? I mean, or is it the fact that you just need to be even smarter? as a skier and a mountaineer? I was already super smart, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to say, uh, when I am in the mountains, I am super focused in the mountains and I, I have no, I don't want to think about the, my daughter or. Sure. You have to be focused, and if you can't do that, I think it's not good to to go in the expedition. Yeah, you, but but for now, uh, about the risk, I think it's still the same. Yeah, I always we always try to take the good decision. There are always some risk. You know that before, 
but we always take try to take the good decision yeah. and to 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 find a good balance with the risk and what is uh, acceptable or not and yeah so it takes a lot of um focus and discipline doesn't it to know when to turn around when to to to, to even when you're working as a guide the same sort of mentality with a group yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And finally, I was, I would say the, the con link to that is having good information because obviously in the Alps, you can have uh, the avalanche forecast, the weather, also you're skiing every day. So you're tuned into the conditions. Are you able to get good weather forecast information when you're in the Himalayas? Yeah, we have uh, some guy who who do the the forecast for us when we are okay. in expedition. And now with the satellite phone, it's really easy to have the condition. And uh, it's more about the snow sometimes the problem. But in Himalaya, like that, most of the time when you want to ski a steep steep uh, face, you have to to have a, you have to find a packed snow with, we prefer to have a really hard snow than powder. And if they have too much powder, too, too much fresh snow, it's not, it's not possible to go in the, this big mountain or it's too risky. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, what I'm just thinking about what you're wearing clothing wise, because when I've been at 8,000, I've got like a huge down suit on. I'm thinking it's, that's going to be a bit strange skiing and something like that. Do you, what are you wearing, like uh, on the top of Nanga Parbat? Uh, the same suit as you, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jacket and pants. Okay. And the big down suit. Yeah. And on your, have you got down gloves on your hands? Yeah. I also. Mean, so to hold but the poles. Most must of be the hard. time we never. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say to hold the poles must be quite strange with big down boots no, on. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. No, it's. Yeah. yeah, it's not too bad. It's quite soft, so you can still have the feeling with your pool. Yeah, but it's it's always a a, a big question, a big deal, which jacket you want to to wear, because um, if you are sure to climb super fast, you can use only a, a small down jacket with a Gore-Tex pants. And if you are sure to go up and go down fast and light, it's possible. But most of the time when we climb, we spend, uh, um, I don't know, three, four, five nights in the mountains. And sometimes we spend above 7,000 for two nights. It's better to have a good, uh, good equipment. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Boris, it's been... Uh... It's been a pleasure to chat. And weirdly, you know, like 35 years ago, I was up there on Layla Peak. Ah, nice. With the ski? No, just, just climbing. <laughs> but um, I remember the top. It, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? That flat area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a super... Uh, it was a big surprise when we arrived on the top because you imagine something super uh, narrow, sharp, and no, at the end, it's a, a, a small platform. Yeah. But yeah, very impressive to be, to be skiing on that kind of terrain. Um, so yeah, 
but for the Lila peak, we were super lucky with the conditions and the snow condition were perfect. It was the, the perfect snow we can have in a steep skiing with a fresh snow, but not too much, 10 centimeters of fresh snow, quite packed and it was super easy to ski. My final question, do you wear avalanche transceivers even when there's just two of you in, in, in that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Always, yeah. Always, yeah. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear. I don't. Know. I, I. Sometimes we don't know. We don't know really. We are not sure if it's really important because if something happens, I think. Uh, yeah. You can do nothing with your transceiver, but it's uh, it's better to have one. But I presume you're not going to carry an airbag because they are just so heavy at their yeah, high no. altitude. Yeah. No. Right. We didn't use the airbag. Boris, brilliant. It's been really lovely to chat to you and thanks for sharing your adventures. And uh, I think it's just a, a really great insight for people to listen to somebody at, at that really kind of elite level. It's a small group of people and uh, stay safe. And uh, I hope yeah. that's... Sorry for my bad English. No, it's you've, difficult. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's, you speak really well. And, you know, as a mountain guide, have you, have you seen any berries on the trees or any signs that we're going to get a really like big winter? Is there any folklore in the valley? <laughs> uh, I heard it was in uh, July. They said it will be a, a big, big winter. The snow will arrive in September, but in September the snow will ah okay was not here, <laughs> so I don't know. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's just wait and see. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. All right, take care. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've been your host, Andy Cave, and you've been listening to the Rab Mountain People podcast. To keep up to date and to hear more interviews like this, don't forget to subscribe 